Happy New Year. Happy New Year. It is nice to be back after a very long summer break uh, during a summer that was both brilliant and awful. When it was beautiful, it was very, very beautiful, was it not? And when it was horrible, it was appalling. I was stuck in a couple of cyclones and, yeah, we had waterfalls going down our hill. I was very upset about the East Coast. The East Coast mutilated not just by the elements, but by the slash washed down from the hills. Now, this is not the first time this has happened by any stretch of the matter. And it has to stop. We said it last time it happened. It has to stop. The industry has always been well aware of the risk. It's like any industry. You need to be able to clean up after you. So we'll talk more about this in about half an hour's time with Rowena Duncan. And now this new year welcomes a new Prime Minister. Uh, Can I just go back to the resignation of Jacinda Ardern? That was remarkable because it saw the most incredible outbreak of Jacinda derangement syndrome I've ever seen. This country's nuts about her. You got all the fans and the acolytes from the left, and they were left wailing and despairing. They were truly bereft, grown men crying that Jacinda had gone. Uh, Meanwhile, champagne corks were popping in the Cory Lounge and rural pubs filled up and the right-wingers felt that all their troubles were over. Ding-dong, the Wicked Witch is dead. All of which I just found ridiculous. She's just a political leader. I found it all a wild over-exaggeration of Jacinda Ardern and her achievements and her abilities. And I've been saying this for the past five years. I've been saying that Ms. Ardern is not nearly as wonderful as her fans believe, but nor is she as dangerous as her enemies say. And the fact of the matter was, she was becoming a liability to her party because of the name-calling. Five years of mud-throwing was starting to stick. The middle ground of voters were starting to believe the claims that she is a dictator, she was a control freak, that she was a narcissist, ruling an ideologically driven cabal of communists committed to ruining everything about this country right up to changing the name unilaterally. So, with a quick sidestep, Cindy was replaced by Chippy. And that, by the way, is also an important point. An older generation used Cindy to infantilize her, which is all part of their inbred misogyny. And Chris Hipkins used to hate Chippy because he thought it had no gravitas, but he's at home with it these days. So that is basically an offensive weapon neutralized. I thought Hipkins is a good call. I mean, he's got baggage. He was the COVID minister. If you don't like what they did about COVID, well, he's the guy who did it. But he's a scrapper. He's got a thicker skin. He's not addicted to always being right. He's prepared to accept and admit he's made a mistake. He's a worker. He seems normal. He seems like New Zealanders who vote. He seems like New Zealanders who are doing it hard. They are the people you may notice he mentions every time he's near a microphone over the past few days. This is an instant rebranding. And I saw today on Twitter that Matthew Hooten said that in three days, the Labour Party had quickly rebranded themselves from Greylin to Glendean and Wadestown to Nainai. And I thought that was a very good line, Matthew. And also take note that Chris Hipkins was on ZB this morning with Tim Dower. 
unlike the previous Prime Minister, who hasn't been on this radio station for years. He's prepared to stand his ground. I wonder if he'll be here next week and the week after. Now, whether this change is enough for Labour to regain the Treasury benches is a matter we'll have to wait and see, and it's up to you guys. But I think that they have more chance under Hipkins than Ardern. And meanwhile, this has taken the National Party a bit by surprise, and I hope this is a wake-up call as well. Christopher Luxon makes much of his party having real-world experience, but he seems to forget just how new his troops are, and that Hipkins and Robertson do have real-world experience that his ministers don't, because they have actually been ministers of finance and ministers of health and COVID-19 ministers for the past five years and should not be underestimated. So all of this is making for a great election, and I'm really looking forward to the Hipkins-Luxon debates and the Robertson-Willis debates, and then we'll get to see who really has the chops uh, to lead a country. It's going to be a fun watch.